Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening are John Christian, Troy Sandlin, and returning guest, the GM Tim. Woohoo! Hey, <laughs> Already starting off. Yeah, perfect. I've been having, that's been in my back pocket for a while now. I was waiting to put yeah, it on. There. Girl. Nice. So you guys know how this podcast works. We don't need to break this down again, but I like saying that this works like uh, we in America eat dinner. So we're going to have our dessert first, and then we're going to gorge ourselves on one course, um, have our big bowl of KD, as Tim was describing to us. <laughs> yes! Throwback. I'm so happy with that reference right now. <laughs> yeah. Well done. It's what you It's what you Americans call craft, macaroni craft dinner, or macaroni and cheese. Yeah, we call right. it KD but, in but, Canada. But the greatest contribution... So <laughs> But the greatest contribution that I've been able to enjoy from Canada thus far is is poutine. So thank you. Ah, uh, poutine is amazing. Oh it's, it's amazing. If have you, you haven't had, had like, it before, have you had it real? Like I'm talking the real stuff, not the crappy like North American. Like oh, let's put no. some shredded cheese on top no, of no, some no. French fries. No, <laughs> I had a friend of mine. I had a friend of mine made. She made the squeaky cheese curds, yes. and she used like uh, like OG. Uh, beef gravy, hand yes. cut fries. Oh my lord! It was just it was ridiculous. Anyway, so sorry. A, I'm, glad I'm place, so hungry now. <laughs> there's a place up here in Vancouver <laughs> called La Belle Petite, and it uh, it's so it's two guys from Montreal. They came over to Vancouver and they opened mm-hmm. this shop. And there's 39 different kinds of poutine. Oh my! And Shut it's the so door. good. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and the gravy is a mushroom gravy, so it's all vegan too. So oh, you're like, oh, wow. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my favorite's called the Galvold. The Galvold Ooh. is like uh, it's a putin, but you still have your uh, your you got your frozen peas and and chicken strips, Ooh. like not not breaded, but just like <laughs> like sliced chicken. So you That's mix awesome. in the chicken with the with the frozen peas and the put. Oh my god, it's so good! It's one of those ones you can just eat a whole thing of. <laughs> Yeah, would you we're, gonna have to, we're gonna have to stop recording. I need to go eat now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's see, guys. All right, so um, we have a community poll segment to get through. That's our dessert round. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we gotta get through this. Yeah, let's push on soldier through, and then we'll talk about food again after this is over. God uh, bless you, Zach. Keep going, man. Yes. Keep going. Uh, so let's see. We have one, two, three, four. Uh, things to talk about today. Uh, several Kickstarters. So hey, hey. Uh, but let's start hey, off hey. with one that's not. Um, I found a little podcast that I really like, um, today, actually. I think, uh, it's brand new. It's called Table Talk. Um, it's by some guys out of Columbus, Ohio, and it's kind of like ours. They just sit around and chat and have a good time. It's on Spotify, if you like Spotify. Um, I listened to an episode. I thought they were good. Um, so give them a look. Table Talk Podcast. Yeah. Can That's I awesome. plug can I plug a Canadian one like that? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's there's two two of my uh, we're friends now. We became friends because in D&D. Mm. Uh, it's the podcast is called Hooked Chance and it's brilliant. They're really fun and it's just fun to listen to these two brothers talk about something that they love to do and Ooh. hearing that brotherly camaraderie in between of it mm. uh, while actually trying to figure out different ways of doing D&D is is it's joyous to listen to. Ooh. So you actually listen to it and you're, you have a smile on your face most of the time because you just enjoy hearing them banter and it's really fun and really good. And they're really quite wise in what they do for D and D. 
All right. I'm, so you said it's hook and chance? Hook and chance. Yeah. Okay. Hook and chance. Uh, we'll put yeah. them down in the show notes, and I yes. will give them a subscribe. So Yeah, yeah tell them Heck I yeah. said hi. I will. Awesome. Uh, perfect. That's a two-for-one deal right there. Um, somebody wants to talk about a gelatinous cube. Oh, that's me. That's okay. me. Okay, so <clears throat> yeah, it's in cube. in the it's it's in kick, uh, on Kickstarter right now. Obviously, it'll be in the show notes. And uh, as of this recording, twenty five days to go. So you should have more than enough time whenever this is released to make sure that you contribute. Uh, they are two inch by two inch green cubes with. Uh, skulls and weapons and body parts and blood spatters that have been printed onto the sides that will serve as, serve as two different things, either as a six-sided die for you to roll uh, or as a gelatinous cube for you to roll through your dungeon and roll <laughs> over your uh, your players. So uh, pr- it's nifty. I mean, like I said, it's, it's actually pretty cool. So I, I've contributed to it, and I wow. encourage you to do the same. It's a uh, good value for uh, for what you're getting and pretty neat, honestly. I, I'm probably, I got a couple of them. It's, it's uh It'll be my, my flex utility whenever I'm at uh, when I'm at conventions. We flexing <laughs> on them players. Awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna roll right into another Kickstarter. Um, Sly Flourish has just launched. Mike Shea has just launched a new Kickstarter um, mm-hmm. with James and Jacasso and uh, Scott Fitzgerald called Fantastic Layers. Um, it's got a whole it's bunch. Awesome. Of, okay. Yeah. 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 It's it looks really awesome. good. Awesome. It looks. Have you have you gotten a sneak peek, Tim? Or are you no, just what? okay? No, no, no. no I haven't. Either. It's Tim? great. It's brilliant. <laughs> well, I, I looked. I I got the show, the your link earlier, and I read through. They have a seventeen page preview that's that's <laughs> yeah. out, available on the on the Kickstarter page, and it yeah. looks great. They yeah. go into some pr- really good detail. The artwork is top notch. Great maps, which I'm a map nerd, so. Um, yeah, it looks really great. The layout is fantastic. So it's not it's it's eye-pleasing and it's pleasing to the imagination. There's a lot of really good stuff in here just from the 17 pages they give you. Yep. Uh, uh, well, all all three of those guys are, you know, you know, young up-and-comers to the D&D scene, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got they don't we don't know who they are at all. No. Yeah, I've never heard of yeah. them. No. But what? they sound like nice nice guys. Uh, they've got guys. they've got 29 days to go as of this recording. 555 backers and 10 grand in funding. So they're yeah, going to make great. it, and uh, good for them and good for us because we get to read it now. Uh, yeah. So check that out. Link in the show notes. Uh, last thing is another adventure. Troy, talk to us about Return to the Glory. Return to the Glory. You ever want to play a bunch of orcs trying to get back your former glory of 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 the of the tribes? This is your chance. And it all goes to Red Nose Day. All the proceeds. So uh, it just looks like a lot of fun. I, I snatched this up as soon as it uh, as soon as it re- was released. Um, for levels 6 to 8. Um, and 6 orc characters uh, to run through this, this bad boy. So is, do you think that it's like... Uh, is it similar to the GIF Yankee... Um, adventure that we had, uh, Rakrama or whatever it's called from a while uh, back. Is it, yeah. Is it similar to that kind of as a pitch? Uh, it, it kind of maybe because hmm. Rakma was, uh, uh, Gith, Yankee and Gith, Gith Sarai, uh, coming together to, to do something. 
I think it's with mind players, right? They were going after the mind players. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah. Super descriptive. <laughs> they totally did a it. thing, yo. They like, did something. They did a the, thing? It was yeah, because like, Rockma was the gif uh, term for, yeah, hunting mind players, I thought. Something like that. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. That's like the yeah. hunt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the hunt. So, yeah, th- I mean. I, I say that in that it's a. forces. Yeah. That, that one is another adventure that it's interesting in that it starts at level six and it uses a specific race to showcase that, yeah, yeah. that kind of uh, culture a little bit more. Um, so it reminded me of that, at least in part. Okay. So I, I see what you're at. Yeah. I think this is very much that I like that trying to, trying to highlight a, a society that we usually just look at as uh, faceless bad guys that we can mow down with impunity. Yeah, mm-hmm. or one grung above. I think is the uh, the opposite end of that, where we where you play little frog people, but it's highlighting a race. So yeah, hey, uh, yeah. and really quick, That's... Troy, for those that don't that are not unaware of what Red Nose Day is, do you mind uh, giving everybody kind of a synopsis? It is it is an awesome uh, charity, and it's been going on for several years now. And you, you've probably seen it where the you know that you can pick up the little red noses that you wear uh, at like Walgreens and whatnot. But it, it's helping uh, impoverished children. You know, mm. they just have nothing, and and these uh, this charity helps give back uh, to those kids uh, to to help. You know, twenty five. It says right here, twenty five million children in America and around the world, uh, just to you know to, to help lift them up out of poverty. Cool. And they, awesome. they raised. They've raised uh, since their debut in uh, 2015. They've raised uh, 200 million dollars uh, for this, and and it's something that just doesn't. This charity should not be in existence. Mm, we should agreed. not have this problem in yeah. in in this time, but we do, and it needs to go away. So yeah, uh, there shouldn't be anyone on the things. other side of that uh, on the other side of that that campaign, man. This is this is definitely no, something no. that you want to want to be able to support. Yep, exactly. So, and you get to have a cool adventure to go along with it, and there it goes go. along with D and D Live coming up. So, you know, mm-hmm. little little hint, little spoiler, little spoiler alert, little wink and a nudge. There you go, and it, oh. and it's contributable in Canada as well. It is a yep. it is a North American thing. Beautiful. Yep. Yeah. Oh yes. Okay. So I know uh, that we've only got four things. Can I can I add one one more to the uh, to the appetizer? If you must. I must. Okay. I must. We, we, I <laughs> talked to you about this. <laughs> must. <but. laughs> All right. So it's not really D and D related, but it's it's in the same genre. Uh, it's in this. It's kind of in the same field. For those of you that either love or hate Lord of the Rings, uh, we usually put this in the dessert at the end. The little the little gem that you saw or, or that you you know encountered over the course of the week that was that was really awesome to you. I watched the Lord of the Rings reunion on. Uh, in streaming this past Sunday, and uh, I am too old to have come so close to blubbering like a child with a skin knee, uh, <laughs> probably a dozen times watching this this stupid uh. thing. It really is beautiful, and uh, I just wanted to make sure that I said something that Sean Astin brought up, and they started to, they had a table read where they did some of the most famous lines between the characters. And, oh. You know, Legolas talking to Gimli about, you know, dwarf and elf type stuff. And I think the best thing, and I, I just turned, I, uh, I, I, 
I embarrassed myself in front of my children watching this stupid <laughs> thing. <laughs> watching it, uh, was whenever was whenever Sam is is talking to Frodo, and he tells oh. him this, and I'm I'm going to do my best not to get emotional reading this. So he says, "It's like the it's like in the great stories, Mister Frodo, the ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were, and sometimes you didn't know how it would end because how could the end be happy?" How could the world go back to the way that it was when so much bad has happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come, and when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. And right now, that couldn't have been a more beautiful statement that Sean Astin, he actually, you know, that he that he chose. He chose that one specifically for the for that moment, and it was it was pretty awesome. So um that, it wasn't just something that, that excited me. It's something that touched me this week. So I just want to make sure that I pass that along to everybody else that's out there. Awesome. And, well and said, I, sir. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, we, I mean, we talked about Middle Earth for how long last week in our last yeah, podcast. Exactly. So, I mean. What's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it all Murph. the way back around. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Mid- Middle Earth role playing, oh. Tim. Middle Earth role playing. Oh, Murph. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I totally mm. know what that mm. is. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Prayers, prayers to everybody out there. Yeah, there you go. Definitely. Yeah. Well, uh, John, let's keep it with you. Yes. You brought up our topic last week, and I thought, hey, yes. that is a that is a fun time. Uh, you talked about underused monsters, and so that's what we're going to do. So I'm going to let you kind of host this, take it away, and uh, walk us through underused monsters. Oh, man, I'm excited. Okay, so okay. we talked about the... Uh, some monsters that just don't get enough love, in, in in my opinion. They're underutilized, but they are so ingenious. Sometimes they're situational, and maybe that's that's one of the reasons why you don't use them as much. But uh, one of them that came up uh, it was something that Troy was talking about, about an, an Audiog. And uh, Tro- Troy, I'm going to let you talk specifically about that monster, if you don't mind, and, and why you chose it and why it's such a great monster. For me, uh, to kind of get the ball rolling here, mine is the Carrion Crawler. Whereas I refer to them in my games lovingly, the trash bugs. Uh, trash bugs. They are uh, they're in any sewer in a major city. There should be a carrion crawler in there somewhere. Nice uh, mid or nice low level uh, baddie that the that the uh, the players can go up against. That's thematic. That makes sense. What that's down there. It's it's an easy fit into the environment. So when we're kind of talking about dungeon ecology, we're talking about uh, or just the ecology of of. Uh, Whatever the uh, the encounter space is, right? It makes sense for a carrion crawler to be down there chewing on, you know, dead bodies and you know, rotten this, rotten that. And so it, that's one that I haven't seen used in a long time since the days of AD and D. And it's just I, I'm surprised it hasn't come up sooner. Uh, like whenever water uh, uh, the uh, the water deep adventures came out a couple of years ago, it seems uh, it seemed to me like that was the the direction that they were going to end up going in it with it was surely that would end up showing up somewhere in the bowels of Waterdeep, right? And it never showed up that I saw. So uh, I felt like it was it was a missed opportunity. Um, but I, Troy, if you don't mind, kind of give us uh, tell tell me a little bit about the audio, what it does, and uh, and why it's awesome, and why and how it's underutilized. Uh, well, if if you're playing in any kind of a city encounter, and that city has sewers, mm-hmm. that sewer better have an audio. 
I mean, yeah. that's just all there is to it. They, they, they roll around in the in the in the offal and 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 grossness of the sewer. They've got tentacles. They've got a huge mouth. I mean, it's just they 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 grapple them. They grapple your 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 player characters. They pull them to 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 munch on uh, sewer plague. They're just like you said. It's thematic. It fits the ecology. They live off of that stuff. So yeah, and that's why I used it because they were in sewers and. If if you're gonna if you're in one of my games and we're in a sewer, you're you're gonna fight fight an audio eventually. Yeah, uh, yeah I so, am so seeing the Star Wars scene right now. That's all <laughs> I got going through my head. Like it's like well, I I oh, think exactly. something my leg. Oh, don't be a silly. There's nothing in here, and then exactly. it disappears <laughs> under the water. Yes. Exactly, and that's a good low tier bad guy. To be like a boss oh, monster, yeah. you know, something that oh, yeah, rises yeah. up from the sewage, and that you've got to you have to fend off. It's a challenge rating five. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, if if you do some kind of like you tack on some layer actions, or you kind of take advantage of the environment, you can really have a lot of fun with that. It's always fun to have those large sized creatures that are still appropriate for tier one. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, because <laughs> a lot of those creatures that early parties fight are small sized or medium sized or even tiny, and so. It's a great opportunity to to showcase that bigger size in rare instances, and um, Audiogs and Carrion Crawlers are are great for that. Yeah, Carrion Crawlers Definitely. are only a, are, are a challenge rating two. Yeah, so you can even you can even throw in two large creatures if you want to at lower levels like that. If like if it's a mating pair or something like that, be- and uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be in a sewer. By the way, these Carrion Crawlers are flesh eaters, and so they they like to eat putrefied flesh. So necropolises. Um, Necropoli. I don't know if the, the, the proper plural for that would be. Um, but like uh, anywhere, there's something that's dead. They, yeah. They're 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 right. They're probably fending off. And I can even see it in my head, like them fending off ghouls. You know, ghouls are there trying to eat on dead flesh, and carrion crawlers are, you know, the kind of predatory infighting that will happen between those two creatures fending one another off. So there's a lot of fun that to be had with those two for sure. Okay. So help me out here, guys. Oh, yeah. Maybe yep. maybe maybe it's a misprint. Maybe it's actual, but. D&D Beyond is saying that carrier and crawlers have a plus eight to hit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That. That's right. Okay, cool. Um, they, they only have a plus two to their strength, so that was weirding me out for a minute. But the one thing I will note is always to be careful with ca- creatures that have a paralysis attack like this. It's mm. super cool, but the more of them you put in there, you're shutting down more and more of the party all at once. And mm, it can be really point. easy to well, team wipe. But It's a CR2. You'd never do more than one. <laughs> not at level one. You not at level one. No, 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 no. I mean, oh, no, I mean, no. just as far as like low level parties in general. Yeah. Oh yeah, but but here's here's the here's the here's the devious and the fun part about being a DM is you get two of those suckers together and you paralyze and TPK the whole party. Let them go to black, and then the next game, let them just fret and stress, and even later on that game. But man, later on, you just kind of like, and then you wake up. And now they have to like wait. What happened? Yep. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Torture them. It's yeah. your job. <laughs> oh yeah. Certainly. Get, yeah. It's certainly. your job. It's your job. It's your job. <laughs> I mean, you're supposed to. You're supposed to like. You're supposed to make it challenging. You're supposed to make it awesome. Fair enough. So yeah. Fair enough. I. Yeah, I if, would. If you're. I'm not a holdback DM. <laughs> weird, right? I bet you never would have guessed that. I, well. <laughs> Couldn't I, say. If, if you're not making your players pucker. At least once per session. Oh, you are not doing your job. God, <laughs> amazing! If, if just uh, like, amazing. 
Well, hey, let me throw something out there that kind of is in that same vein. Um, throw it out. Let me pitch to you all Magmen. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so. Not, didn't even make my list. Didn't yeah. it make your list? Uh, it didn't. Challenge rating one half. Um, their, the, the, their claim to fame is that they catch people on fire and then when they die, they explode. That's their, mm-hmm. that's their I claim. love that. That being said, um, I will say that they can be, they are certainly underutilized, but mm-hmm. if you want to make them even more interesting, a, a little trick that I've done is switch their damage immunity fire to a damage resistance fire. Okay. Oh, okay. And what that will do is if there's a whole bunch of them in a group and your paladin comes through and just swinging willy-nilly, they can they can start to chain explode, right? So one will set off the other and another will set up another and it just ripples out. Um, and it turns these little small elementals that everybody's like, oh, they only have nine hit points. They're no big deal. Well, it's a big deal when each one that explodes does 2d6 fire damage. It's like uh, a fireball going off every round on your paladin. They're going to be in trouble. Um, especially when it's a Where's your plus two to con saves now? Exactly. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm picturing that scene from... Uh, 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 I just lost the movie. The, the the British Secret Service. No. I, 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 the new one. Um, the newer I, ones. Oh, not, my not James Bond. Golden Circle. The Kings, um, the what? Kingsman. The Kingsman. Jeez. Yeah. I just had it. Yeah, but wow. that, you know, at the at the end of that movie with all the heads, Yes. <laughs> they're blowing up. Yes. That's what I, I want I want to run, I want to run a Kingsman with the Genesis system from Fantasy Flight. Oh, that'd be cool. Mm. Yeah. I'm gonna make them Canadian. They're gonna work for the Hudson Bay Company. That way, I can tie both the Kingsman and the U.S. Uh, the one, the, yeah, 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 right. I'm so this, oh man. <laughs> so when, when are we gonna play that game, Tim? Yeah, yeah. Let me know. Uh, I am right down. Down. Right after the Dragonlance game. Yeah. Right after <laughs> the Dragonlance game. There it is, people. There it is. There's <laughs> the Dragonlance reference. You know, right there. But guess what? I'm no longer ashamed. I'm no longer. <laughs> she see what you've done to me. I didn't Whatever. get to troll at that time. You're no, no cares. Zero. zero. <laughs> High five. Zero cares. You're welcome. High five. Slap. Well done. Well done. Fantastic. Uh, GM Tim. Man, that's what, awesome. what have you got? Do you have one? Oh, okay. oh, no. We got Magnin. So, we got yeah, Audio. So I, Go ahead. I was going through and I have I have one, two, three, four, five that I like picked out right away. But the one that I'm like the most attracted to that I've used multiple times is the Bahir. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I it's a good one. love this creature. It's one of my favorites. I think I love it the most because of its history. The fact that it was created by giants to take on the dragons is so cool. So the giants created a dragon to take on the dragons. But they couldn't yeah. create a dragon, so they created a centipede instead. Like, yes! That's awesome! Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, this thing is so cool. I mean, it shoots lightning, it swallows creature. Uh, I mean, it's just so good. This is the one What's that it? spits it up if they take a lot of damage. And it's mm-hmm. a great kind of like... I would, I would send this to anyone level 5 and up. Like, I would totally... Mm-hmm. This is the one where, like, level five, it's a super big threat. By the time you're at level mm-hmm. ten, you put one of those in, and they're like, whatever, I'll take it. And then you have two of them, or it, you get in between it and one of its eggs. Oh, yeah. You're mm-hmm. done for, yeah. baby. Like, yeah, no, it would just, yeah, I think it's so much fun. Well, and 
what I like about it is that it's a monstrosity that knows a language that your party probably knows with Draconic, right? right? So yeah, yeah. it's this huge thing that you're probably your party probably can talk to. So it's it's got that um, social yeah. roleplay aspect too. And it's not totally dumb. It's a level seven, like it's seven intelligence. Yeah. Like so yeah, it's yeah. it's not it's not just like this beast. It yeah. it actually is like capable of thought and complex conversation, right? So right. yeah, I would totally I would love to use Bahirs more. You know mm. what? I will take that as a challenge on myself. I will somehow use a Bahir in the upper level goblin game. Ooh, nice. there you go. Ooh, nice. there you yeah. go. Yeah. No. You heard it here okay. first, first, folks. Yeah. You heard it here yeah. first. I will do that. I have to <laughs> write awesome. that down so I don't forget. <laughs> That's a really good call. And so uh, to your point about uh, it being a level, it having only a seven intelligence, but it's still a, a beast monstrosity type creature. It's not necessarily that it's intelligent. It's cunning, right? Like, well, it's, well, I mean, it's look, the, it's well, charisma it is 12. It's wisdom is 14. Like it right. knows what's well, going it understands on. It just, it. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is like, this thing knows. This thing doesn't know that a fruit salad doesn't belong in, like, doesn't, the tomatoes don't belong in a fruit salad. But it knows the hell that a tomato belongs in a salsa, and I will sell that salsa to you as a fruit salad, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Like, that, this thing is, yeah. Well, the, way, the way that I look at I think of it, whenever I think of a, an animal or a beast that's, that's smarter than, it, it feels like it should be is uh the movie the the, the ghost in the darkness about mm. uh, the lions, the lions. That were, yeah, the yeah, lion yeah. hunters yeah. right cuz like these things or like almost or even uh something more recent and a little less obscure is Jurassic Park where you got the velociraptors that were really really smart lizards that were hunting in packs they were using <laughs> tactics to get clever girl <laughs> right yeah so i mean that that kind of stuff is really good and it, it will shock the players at how intelligent that they can be without it being, you know, a wizard mastermind is the one that they're actually playing against. Yeah. I, I like doing the trick too. So I, I like doing like a bait and switch with my players because yeah. I have a lot of players who play a lot of D and D so they know the monsters. So I really, really enjoy bringing in a bunch of monsters that can, that can make them think one thing, but actually be another. Mm-hmm. So if you describe this right and really focus on the centipede factor, then you can mm. really throw off the what it actually does until it blows mm-hmm. lightning out of its mouth. It's right? 100% a dragon that can't fly. Like, if you look at its stats, it's that's what it is. It's 100% a dragon yeah. that can't fly. Yeah. 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 But if yeah. you describe a lightning breathing salamander or even you yeah. just see a blue salamander, like, that's yeah. all you need to say. And they'll be like, oh. We're in so much trouble. Like, yeah. well, and the oh, great yeah. thing about you playing about you playing it like that, and it almost intentionally obfuscating what it is, and not coming out and, and not having to come out and say what it is through your description, is it keeps them wondering what are we, what is it, what are we fighting, and it, it uh, by no fault their own. Sometimes we met a game whether the, we want to admit that we're doing it or not, or whether yeah. we intend to or not. Right, so that reduces that the meta factor of knowing what its weaknesses would be. Because you'd played it before, you'd seen it in the monster manual at some point. Mm-hmm. Love it. Here's 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 one for you. I'll even tie in last week's episode. You actually you actually use skill challenges to find out what kind of creature it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In totally. Combat. Oh Absolutely. yeah. Wait. Yep. Point. <laughs> point. Point. GM Master of bringing it all the way back around. That's right. The circle is now complete. <laughs> 
Uh, I've, so I've got another one. All right, let me let me throw one right. out there and see if if you 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 fellows have uh, have used this or not. Uh, one that I haven't seen in a long time is the but is in the most recent um, the equivalent of a monster manual is in Morden Kanan's Tome of Foes, the Kruthic. Uh, the Kruthic oh, yeah. is this mm. chitin-covered reptile. They hunt in packs. They have these nests that are in sprawling subterranean warrens. They look like something out of an H.R. Geiger uh, art portfolio. Mm-hmm. They it's uh, they are completely alien and completely terrifying to, to view. And their young, which are small creatures about the size of dogs, are a one-eighth challenge rating. So this is a... Goblin MDD. replacement, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's this is a goblin replacement or uh, orc replacement, kobolds. We were talking a couple of weeks ago about, um, I think we were talking in our last after dinner drinks that where, what are some monsters that you can substitute with the typical first level stuff that your your players are going to be facing off against, and so. With a, with a Kruthic, you've got these bugs, right? They're essentially either mm-hmm. Tyranids or, if you want to call them, bugs from, uh, what is it, uh, Starship Troopers. That's essentially what these things are. So if you want to have lots of them invade a town, you can do that with one-eighth, one-eighth uh, creatures for Tier 1 and then have a couple of adult Kruthics in there that are challenge rating 2. They all use pack tactics. They could be crawling underneath the ground. It's You could have like a combination of Tremors. The movie slash, you know, uh, alien slash. It's a, this is a like infestation type of uh, a play that you can do. There's a lot you could do with this, and you can even if I think about like a, a one of the older horror movies where you don't see the monsters until the very end, right? There's always mm-hmm. the, it's the trail that you're trying to pick up about what's what what killed Farmer Bob, you know, the and, horror and, in the dark. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you hear it, you don't see it, it drags people into the darkness. This is the thing that you throw at your players that are like that. This is a this is a wholly unutilized, underutilized monster, in my opinion. Mm. And, and it, am I correct in, in thinking that this actually debuted as a Eberron monster back in 3, 3, 5? I think you may be right. That is a good, that is a good I, point. I, I think it came you from could, Eberron. I think it came from the Moorland, maybe. Great pull. That uh, is a great pull. One thing that I like about them uh, as I'm as I'm surveying them right now, is that they have pack tactics at all levels. Most yes. of the time, pack <clears throat> tactics stays with the lower CR stuff, but you're right. going to have these Hive Lords that are CR5 that have pack tactics still, which is going to get terrifying. Yeah. Um, which is the oh, thing yeah. that makes Kobolds terrifying, right? So now yeah. you've got that, yeah. you know, it, it makes them more dangerous in larger numbers. Yeah. And then the other thing that's cool is the tunneler aspect, because yeah. it leaves behind a tunnel. Yep. The, what that means is that this big one could be burrowing a tunnel for all of its, all of its little ones. Yep. Um, and in a, in a dungeon crawl or in a dungeon underground cavern system, whatever, where they can come at you from 360 degrees and mm-hmm. dig tunnels anywhere they want to, especially if you're playing theater of the mind, that's not as tied to a grid. They can literally come from any direction, which is goes back to that infestation thing that we were talking yep. about. Cool. Yeah. I think that, and that's actually a really good point. When you talk about uh, setting up interesting encounters, all the monsters starting out on one end of the the map, and you starting on the other end of the map, it it could be a, it can end up being pretty bland. But if when you're surrounded and they keep coming through the tunnels, mm-hmm. that uh, that sets up. So, uh, I think it sets up some real tension there. Yeah, I, I would argue that would be bad. That would be bad. I would I would actually contend that that would be mm-hmm. bad DMing. 
Mm-hmm. If okay. you if you one ended of the mapped it, uh, that would be bad DMing because, and, and the reason I say that is because I learned it from personal experience. <laughs> you 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 restrict anyone who can't move fast to only ranged, mm-hmm. and you either benefit one side or the other, or it takes so long to reach in the middle that it kind of goes back to what we were talking about dice rolls, where it's like if you don't need to do it, don't do it. So you just right. like shorten that combat. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Well, did we have any other? I know that you guys had a couple of lists that you were you were looking at. Did oh, anybody yeah. else want to chime in? Uh, one of my all time favorites, and I think it it came from uh the D and D cartoon from way back in the day. Uh, that I don't see used enough. Bullywugs. Yes. Mm. I mean, yeah. they're. They're just a goofy frog guy. I mean, what what else you want to call them? But they're just they're underutilized. They are yeah, they're CR one quarter. Um, you know, they they have a they have a bite attack spear. They jump around. Uh, they hide in the swamp, um, and they have the uh, the totally. Extremely useful ability of speaking with frogs and toads. <laughs> I mean, well, come to me, my should, jungle friends. Let's be fair; that they should they 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 can't even speak with frogs and toads. They can communicate simple <laughs> concepts, so it's even more like, oh my god, I totally have this. Like it's it's full on like Gronk and the squirrel. Squeak, 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 squeak. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes. But, I mean, I mean, look at those. Look at that face. That is, that is a face only a mama toad could love. I mean, they're just they just are so goofy that I think they're they're fun. The thing that I think I like about them, I don't. I'm going to be mean here. I could give a rat's ass about their stat block. Like I don't care about anything tied to their stat block. I like their flavor, though. I like the yes. what, what the DMs uh, or the Monster Manual calls the foul aristocracy. I love this idea. They call themselves the Lords of the Muck. Um, I've ran them before for that exact same thing. Like they're so great at wanting the things that your players could care less about. Right. Um, mm-hmm. um, and so like the makes, magpies of D and D. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they're a fun creature in that way because they're not going to have a ton of loot and and but they're going to play it up like they do and they believe they do and so it's one of those fun. And 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 they can they'll negotiate for things that your party doesn't care about, um, and they'll 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 die before they give away their little uh, trinkets and baubles. Um, so it's a fun it's a fun flavor. I don't care about their stat yeah. block. I want to be honest. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I mean they're just because I mean if you, if you're if you're putting your characters up against these guys, you're just killing time, really. Yeah. You, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that they do it is nice that they are amphibious and can swim so they're a great swamp Challenge creature accepted. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey I, I'm, 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 I'd love to read anything I there, I have like somewhere at one point in time I bought a good bullywug module off the DMs guild and I enjoyed running it they have um, those there was it was a um it was a DMs guild product whatever I, it wasn't a L so uh, but but it was fun it gave a good uh, layer for them. And that's what I was looking for. So, well, I mean, if you, and if you like Bullywugs, the the Quotoa, like uh, you can't. That's a that's a oh, good one yeah. to, to play off of one favorite. another. 
That's a great one. Yeah, exactly. It's the it's the Murlocs of Dungeons and Dragons, man. You gotta do reasons, the reasons they're one of the reasons why uh why a god in Fierce Adventures exists. Hmm. They they're the they're, yeah, yeah, because Kotoa, they they're 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 um they're praying to some some statue or something that they create into a god, manifests that god. So we our god is called Androgyna. It's a Koatoa, half Koatoa, <laughs> and it's got one leg like the leg off of it. um the lamp from Christmas story. Mm, yes, yep. there you go. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, it has the power of lightning. So that was thanks to our audience that, that God created and Yeah. That's awesome. God <laughs> made it. Koatoa made it happen. <laughs> Love it. Uh there's another creature that uh, there's an underdark creature that creates its own gods too, isn't it? The um the Darrow. Oh, the Darrow, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, cool. Uh, let me take it in a little bit dire- different direction. Um, let me say the Rug of Smothering is oh, underused. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It need that ability to not just envelop something, because a lot of creatures have that like engulf feel, where they cover the whole thing, and they make the creature restrained and and sometimes blinded and grappled. That's great. But what the rug is great for is that creatures that attack the rug also damage the creature inside of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And to me, that is such a fun mechanic that turns your players into problem solvers. Um, And that's always, that's always a good feeling in the middle of a combat to say, okay, how do we do this in a way that's not like the way we do everything else? Um, The other thing that I like is that its armor class is only 12. So if it wraps up a paladin, the, effectively the paladin's armor class goes from 18 to 12. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of fun things to do with the rug. I like it a lot, and I use it a lot. I would just like to say that uh, I don't particularly care for your opinion on this monster. It, it was it killed my very first 5th edition character. <laughs> <laughs> I so like it even more to, now. Yeah. It's a good so, thing you're in at my Everon table. Screw you, Zach. Screw you. Yeah, man. Uh, Tim, you were, so yeah, you and I both ran um, EB-2, uh, which yeah. the rug comes into play, and it comes into play to good effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put a put a rug of smothering in a rug shop, and you're going to have a good time. Yeah. Oh, and you're going to have a good time. Because it can't... I was, I was so mean to my players in that series. Oh, in yeah. such a good way. I had a, I had a player in the first one roll really like he rolled a one on an attack, and then I rolled a twenty to attack him back. So mm. I had one of those crystal drakes take off his arm. Yes. And then and at the end of the adventure, they replaced it with a hook horror arm. <laughs> so he was a rogue who could no longer use ranged attacks. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um. They're great, and uh, they're they have a false appearance. So even in a rug shop where they know there's a rug of smothering in there, as soon as they walk through the doors, they should know that there's a rug of smothering hiding in there. <laughs> but but I had players spend five minutes searching for rugs, and they, I am. There's no way to tell unless it moves. So um, it's a really fun creature. Um, I got one for you. Yeah. And this is going to be, this is going to be potentially like, no, but I think I'm right. 
So I, I will I will say that it was it was a tie, it was a close tie. I have to give honorable mentions to Drakes and Wyverns because I think they're sorely misrepresented in D anD. d Yeah, I would I agree think with that. Drakes and Wyverns can be used in really great ways. There's lots of different ways to use them. However, my pick is an adult or ancient black dragon, and I think that the reason I suggest that is because. Rarely do I actually read any D&D beyond the very first adventure that was ever published that uses dragons anywhere. Mm-hmm. Anywhere. It's always alluded to. But I think the only one I can think of off the top of my head, I might be wrong, and I fully admit I might be wrong. The only one I can think of off the top of my head is Tyranny of Dragons. And everything else uses as much else as they can. I think they're trying to like use diversity in the monsters, and I and I appreciate mm-hmm. that. But I, I think that people kind of treat dragons in D anD D the same way that drag queens treat the classic divas. Like you don't do it because it's already been done. It's all been done. It's been done. But because everyone thinks that it's been done so much, no one does it, so it hasn't been done. Mm. So yeah, I, I would that argue had... that black dragons are. Oh, I, well, first of all, I love black dragons, right? So, so good. I, I'm with you. They are so they are awesome and atmospheric. Of and all the dragons so I can think of, evil. They like, are, they're yeah, they are so evil. Right, like the swamp, the swamp, um, the swamp <laughs> environment, and almost being like I think of them almost like Jaws underneath the water yeah. of the swamp. You know, where you could nice. really play that up. Um, but like so, if I remember correctly, didn't they have a the green dragon was the big thing at the end of Lost Minds of Fandelver, wasn't it? It's not not at the end, but yeah, it's it's one of the things because I'm and then they had one in right uh, in the and the I Spire Peak uh, also a, a white dragon. Which, but those are those are just the those are beginner adventures, right? Yes, they are. Right. Yeah, and, and, and it I makes mean. sense so that they're using the those beginner adventure, and that's yeah. great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, technically, no way am I critiquing. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, just saying, like, I think yeah. that it's an underutilized. I think it's an underutilized. Storm King's Thunder also has a dragon as the big bad. God um, damn it! I'm yeah. losing this badly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you know what? Fine. I know what I can lose, so I'm gonna Listen. take my one, and I'm gonna just downgrade to I'll I'll pick my Reverns. I think Reverns are so. <laughs> well, hang on. Let me. Th- I'm not. I'm yeah. not gonna let you lose so so quickly though, because okay, okay. I, I I think that you're onto something with dragons. I, mean, I think that pages of them. They have well, pages. Well, there are, I think I it's wonder, in the name. I wonder if it's in the name, but I wonder if if the reason why we don't use dragons so much is is because it's cliche, right? Like right, but the, that's it's, the it's like do, are we that's are we why... are we afraid of using them because ah well that's the obvious bad guy, right? You ah. can't have Dragonlance without dragons. Look, ah. brother, you don't have to convince <laughs> me, man. All right, look, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to go anywhere around Dragonlance, but without using it. Okay. Here's the other thing, right? I have never had a player. I've never had a group of players. I've never had a single player. When I say there's a dragon, be like, whatever. You know, yeah, like it's too. always like, all like, ooh, dragon. Yeah. Like, oh, dragon. Yeah. it's always exciting. Um, people yeah. want dragons. So, Until well, everything about a dragon is yeah. good, though, right? Between the legend, the glory, and the horde, right? There's the treasure that's along t- with it, you know? Good. Yeah, I think too the the thing that you can like I think my favorite thing about them is 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 the fact that there's like there's young there's yeah. young adult and ancient is that what the three yeah. are yeah. no there's yeah, four isn't there well, uh, there's wormling technically well, wormling yeah but I don't yeah, know that yeah. they've got uh, I don't think they have the mechanics yeah, yeah. for it in the, in the monster. Yeah, they do. It's there. Oh, do, yeah, it's in the basics. Yeah. So there's wormling, young, adult, and 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 ancient, which means 
and this is my favorite part about dragons is that is that they level up with the players. Yeah. So you can have a long standing BBEG the whole way through your series and it can just be sitting there nitpicking or even better doing something because it's a damn dragon and it can while your players go off and ruin their lives with adventure, <laughs> right? Like you can just, oh yeah, no, well, I'm, I'm a big, you could even have a generational Big bad exactly. guy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. while we're oh my god, you just blew my mind. Yes. Yeah. While or we're on the you, subject even... of, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say uh, one more thing about drag. It's like uh, along that line, right? You got like the the bad, right? When you start out in tier one, you fight you fight a wormling or even a young a a, a young dragon that you kill that is either the clutch mate or the cl- the like the child of some other dragon that's bigger that that that's the off. one that's like yeah that's the one that's been on uh, like in the background the entire time ruining your day and throwing all this stuff at you because that's what green dragons do right they stay in in the oh, in yeah. the background yeah. until just the right time whenever you're down and they come in for the for the kill right yeah. i will tell yeah. you what i don't care how many players you got at your table who say they're lawful good a player who screws up is going to have a silver dragon after them at some point or another. Like just because the players think they're good. Uh, uh-uh, yeah, I played yeah. with you. I know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me pose another one that, that could be debatable, but I'm going to, I'm going to make a case for it. I'm going to make a case for intellect devourers. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Because I think, I think that they are under, used because they are underdeveloped at the table. They tell me more. I believe that an intellect devourer is the perfect creature to have when you're in a city. Uh, okay. I'm uh, listening. I I'm think, curious. I think that an intellect devourer is at its best. It's played to its to its strengths when you're in a crowd of people and it jumps out and and m- swaps minds with a commoner and then that guy or that gal is wandering around in the crowd looking for its next victim and you got to search it out and the whole combat is not just you swinging at the ac of an intellect devourer but you having to hunt through the crowd and try to find or through the crowd of soldiers if you're playing you know in a military thing or whatever but like you're searching for it it's it's trying to evade you it's trying to jump into a new target and every time you hit it you're at that point having to kill the person or kill the body of the thing it's in an intellect devourer should not be engaged with or should not be ran in my opinion by itself on the ground with its claws out and all that it should be in the mind of another person Mm -hmm. and it should be a cat and mouse hunt where the only thing that's going to be a tell is like oh that guy has a nosebleed or he's you know or from he's bleeding from his ears or something else that kind of reveals that he is not living any longer or you got a somebody who can detect whether somebody's whether that person is alive or not so you're like searching the crowd, trying to find the person who's walking but doesn't have a heartbeat. Well, um, see, and for for me, I, and I love intellect of ours. The way that I usually use them, though, is uh, is the person that says, "I'll be right back." Mm-hmm. They're going to be the ones that end up being the having being consumed by, or not consumed, but being subsumed by the by the intellect of our. Because for yeah. me, the intellect of our doesn't assume the identity or. It, it's not as quick as you know a touch thing. That's kind of a, a ghost, right? So a ghost can do possession, right? Where it jumps from one person to another without any kind of a physiological 
like difference in mm-hmm. in the in the the new in the host, right? So whereas the intellect devourer, and again, this is just me being gross with some of this stuff because I usually do <laughs> more gothic horror type stuff. Where the to me, it's like the intellect devourer has like the uh, you know you guys ever seen the trap spiders? They got that little flap yeah. that's that they yeah. that they hide up underneath. That's essentially what the intellect devourer is, but the flaps the back of the skull kind of thing. You know, it's, it's just yeah. like a hair piece that's like moving around back there every once in a while. Oh, that's even but they're more essentially terrifying. puppet masters. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's like. Yeah. And yeah. then, so it's like they and they're so from the front everything looks really cool and everything's fine. It's like yeah, man, it took you a long time to go to the bathroom. Oh my god, Where they're living mullet fine. business in the front <laughs> part in the back. <laughs> <laughs> they're demon, demon mullets. Mullet. Demon, demon mullets. Yes, I love it. Sons yeah, so I mean, bitches. like, there's you can go all over the place with it, right? So I, yeah, because me, I play ghosts more along that line because I'm with you, Zach. I love, I love the, I love paranoia games mm-hmm. with my with my. My players are like, who is the bad guy now? Is it somebody that we just, like two minutes ago, we trusted? Are they the one that's possessed, right? So that's what I usually end up usually using for, for ghosts. But, oh, man, I'm, I'm with you on intellect of ours. They are totally underutilized. Yep, CR2, tiny, yep. speed of 40. These creatures are, they, they, are, they fill a weird role. And I think that that's mm-hmm. a big part of it, right? Is that, um, is, is figuring out the right time to use them is sometimes a difficult challenge for, for newer DMs. And I, my answer is use them all the time and every time. I have ran, I have put intellect of ours in front of a tier three group. Um, and if you put them in the middle of the fight, the, I, at least in my uh, instances, my players will panic and will focus fire on the little tiny <laughs> CR2 intellect of our in the middle of a tier three engagement because they know yep. that sucker is going to jump on them at the worst possible time. And it's one bad save away from being gone, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Yeah. Well, and I think that that you you let you put on something that's good too is like a CR two creature that you can make a tier three villain. You know, some it has it is assumed the identity of a a power a more powerful being or creature, and you can kind of tweak. Obviously, you'd need to kind of tweak some of the the stats on it, like the stat block for an intellect devourer is a twelve. If you want to make it more of a mastermind, you you beef that up just a bit on the on the back mm-hmm. end and make that that's like that could be a long term somebody that they trusted all of this time. It turns out that it was just a brain with legs. That mm-hmm. was is uh, who they were dealing with. Yeah, cool. Uh, so for me, cool. I had I had one more that I'm, I'm going to throw out there before before we end up and I. I'm kind of I'm I think I'm I'm sticking subterranean with a lot of mine uh, because I I come from the old Gygaxian tunnel uh, dungeons and so I think uh, that's where a lot of mine I reminisce and I I don't see them as often anymore and I don't recall them using this in fifth edition in anything that's any printed material yet and I don't recall seeing them in any of the AL stuff either I miss the Umber Hulk the jog the Juggernaut of the dungeons I love oh, them yeah. Yeah. so I've mm. never used them in a dungeon though. I've only used them out in the land. Oh, really? Okay. I'll I'll use them I'll use them as guard so I've I've personally used them as guardians to a tower that belongs to a magician. And okay. and, and my favorite reason for using them was they're big beefy things that hypnotize the shit out of you. <laughs> like they, yep. they screw with the players in ways that many few monsters get to. Yeah. It, it uses an intellect challenge versus AC. You know, mm-hmm. like it's got the AC to stand there and take it while they're trying to figure out, oh, wait, we can't just hit it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually a really good but. point. This big lumbering 
gargant this large monstrosity that you're fighting yeah. against is not gonna is not going after your hit points. It's it's going after your mind. That's yeah. something that you're you're not expecting at all. It really turns it on its head. But it's got a plus eight to hit yeah. and an eighteen natural armor class to oh, boot. Yep, you so. don't want to bring it against <laughs> yeah. them unless they're like at least level four. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. 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 yeah, CR five is that's crazy. That's actually yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty significant heavy. for us. Or, or you do and watch them run. <laughs> right. They won't run. Players don't I run. know they don't run. I always say they that. They need just, to just learn hoping. to run. I, I, I always wait, offer wait, that. I need to I need to double I need to correct myself. That that was unfair. DMs need to coach them into running better. Because mm. we don't I always them offer for running. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's running a is always an difference. option. Right, 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 right. <laughs> So there's a big difference between running is always an option, and I'm going to give you monsters you can beat every time up until a certain point. And we need to we need to waver it a little bit better, I think. So oh, yeah. you should be able to introduce an Umber Hulk that will knock down one or two players and then take off. That way, you don't force them to run. You run. You've accomplished your task. You ate a monster. You've left. You got something you needed. You go. You stole the potato and you leave. I don't care. I'm just stole the potato. Stole a potato. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. DMs need to do that more with monsters because that way, that way, it's not up to the players to run. It's up to the DMs to create a threat that lasts. Isn't it interesting that we kind of come full circle in 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 the world of D anD D to where it used to be that, of course, there are things that you run from. Mm-hmm. And then we progressed all the way through to like balance the idea of balanced encounters. Right. And now Always we're circ- encounters. Yeah, and now we're circling back through to this concept of running away. Um, not that it ever fully went away, but I think in the eyes of the public, it wasn't there for well, at least a number of years. Well, video games, video games, uh, you always win. Yeah, you always win. The the, the level design. As you're going up yeah. in levels and doing the next things, like, you know, in this next mission, I should have all the stuff that I earned from the last time that helps me beat these monsters. And well, that's that why has Mega Man changed. was so genius. Yeah. Mega Man was so genius because it would it would it would adjust itself to your level. So as yeah. you're playing and failing, it would ease up a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you're doing really well, it would get stronger a little bit. Not great, because I mean it was the nineties and they didn't <laughs> know what you know. Tech yeah. changed a lot in the nineties. I, I got a monster for you. Let's hear it. Flame Flame Skull. Oh yeah. I, I like almost did that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about I it. I love a flame skull. I love flame skulls. Just the just the so it's a mix between <laughs> Does anyone else watch Star Trek or am I the only one here? Uh no, you're not oh, no, you're not alone. No, no. You're safe. Great. So it's like a mix between the voice and the, the, the face in the box that Troy gets from her mom that's like just terrifying. Like there's yeah. no need for yeah. that to have been there, but they put it in anyways. I'm like somebody <laughs> read a flame skull in, in Star Trek writing. Like they just needed to do it. And then it's a, also like the it's also like the magic mirror in in, in Sleeping Beauty or no, Snow White? One of the fans, mirror, mirror on the wall. Oh, Snow White, the yeah. The of them all. Snow White, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's t- that's a flame skull. It's a floating head inside of. There's always flames around it. It's yeah. it's a flame skull. It's trapped, right? You can make them. You can. They're tiny. You can make them like powerful wizard uh, um, uh, familiars yeah. or familiars. They're fantastic, and just the fact that. 
blazing green flames and mad echoing laughter surround an undead flame skull. Like, boom. And then you go on. Then the next sentence is this disembodied skull blast flows with fiery rays from its eyes. It's a damn skull that floats in the sky and shoots laser beams out its eyes. You cannot get any better. Yeah, well, it's, it reminds me a lot of servo skulls in uh, Warhammer. I don't know how familiar oh, the, uh, with the lore that you guys reference. are. Right? So Slow that's essentially. Thank Slow you. Clap. Thank you. Yes, yeah. please. Right? Yeah. Blood for the machine god. Right? Their nerd us, is strong with this one. <laughs> let, let us rub our ungents upon it and our rituals of faith to the machine god. Right? So, I mean, like, that's. That is. That is, there's a, a great tie into the two, right? It's like this is a this skull is a servitor to to some wizard or uh, and it's it's programmed like if you imagine like in a wizard's tower where the wizard is gone or died there, the servo skull is still serving yeah. for eternity. I mean, even just the regeneration. So it 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 reforms unless it splatters with holy water. N- nope. Right. Like, Nobody's doing that. No. The, no, no, nobody's doing that. that. This is so. So this is one of those Skill ones that can usually be a recurring, and it, and it remembers <laughs> brief stuff. Oh my god! <laughs> this would totally be a skill challenge. See, right, right. Well done, sir. Well, oh, the other you. thing is thank that you. it's a metal villain, right? I say that in the like the heavy metal context, yeah, right? Like that is a good yeah. point. Yes, yeah. which which it is, is it which is, is not is so a, metal. It's not something that. The public that D and D is moving towards at this point, we are no. so unlikely to get another flame skull esque creature in this iteration of D and D. Yeah, it's 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 a bygone it's not, era monster. It's not marketable. No, it's not marketable. It's, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's totally an inner nerd thing. But yeah. if you want to screw with your players, or if you've got players who are hardcore, and you throw this at them, they'll be like, "Oh yeah," because this is one of those older ones. This has been around yeah. a while. Uh-huh. Oh, I oh, got yeah, one oh, more yeah. for you. I got one okay. more for you. You you get yours, then mine's next. No, no, you do yours. I'll shut up. You sh- okay? You go, yeah. go ahead, because because yeah. mine no, is no, because do it. Do it. I'm it utterly sucks. The monster utterly sucks. That's why now it's I'm really excited for it. <laughs> it's like it it to me it it has always been one of the dumbest monsters in the history <laughs> oh of D&D. My God, my and this is, is just this is another legacy monster. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. The piercer. What? The piercer? Yeah. The piercer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The piercer. Little slug things, yeah. Yeah, they pretend (laughs) to be uh, 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 a stalactite. Yeah, then drop. Oh, I love these things! I have totally taken players out with these. (laughs) See? They're ridiculous. They are ridiculous. They have a f- they they move five feet around. It's like they get that <laughs> they get so that sick. one attack from dropping from the ceiling, and then yeah. they're done. And they're done. Yeah. So if they miss you, and they're only going to do, uh, uh, well, they could they could they actually do, do quite a bit of damage. Yeah. If they hit, but it's like. In, unless you kind of just say, okay, the, the whole ceiling is covered in these things. Well, yeah, but that's um, okay. So hold on, pause, pause. That's the that's the catch with this. Piercers gather in colonies to maximize their effectiveness. They, yeah, they have to. Otherwise, they, <laughs> they drop. Ah, damn it. 
Okay, and give me a... Look at the drop damage, though. Look at the drop Up to 6d6 points of damage, depending on how high the drop rating. Challenge rating one half. Holy Toledo. Because, yeah. So this is... Okay, hang on, hang on. So this is the honeybee... Of D and D monsters, this is like <laughs> I you, I sting my stinger comes pull, uh, pulls out and then I die. Is essentially it is a one shot one. But can you imagine? I mean, uh, not that you would. Man, I hate to even bring this up, but like one of these is is a reasonable challenge for a level one party. Easy, yeah. easy, easy, right? But if you put oh, yeah. this thing at at uh, sixty feet up, you are going to kill yep. <laughs> your paladin in one hit. Yeah, yeah, especially so you have enough. It's really at, tricky. At level one, you need two of these to be a medium threat. <laughs> yeah, 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 and that, yeah. At level five, at level five, oh, I want to see this. At level five, you need. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> you need ten to be a medium. Oh yeah, but see, that's actually but still not bad. Could you imagine? Though. Like it wouldn't. It has to suppose. I, it has the yeah. CR has to suppose that they're not doing a full sixty-six, because otherwise yeah. Oh, yeah. you're you you will kill someone, and it's not going to be like well, death yeah. saves. It's going to be like you're dead. You're insta dead. Yeah, but so it becomes, I do it becomes like, hard with thirteen of these at five level five. Oh, I'm geez. into it. I'm here for it. I, I would do. I that. do I like. Do that I do players. like what they did in fifth edition with the piercer. They, it is now the larval stage of a roper. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and ropers are so much fun. Yeah, and ropers are so. I mean, it's like a complete swing. Uh, one was like you got these piercers, these pathetic little drop sticks that that are Trap going to hurt sticks. themselves if they miss you, and then you go to ropers, which are like ho- holy horrible monsters that, are, that just scare the crap out of players. It's pulling me towards it. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Oh, and a, a roper, man. Think about it, its reach. It's ridiculous. It's exactly. 50 feet with those tentacles. 50 feet. Love it. Okay. Love ropers. Piercers, not so much. I got an <laughs> underrated uh, legacy monster. Oh, bring it. Aboleth. I love I those. like an Aboleth. I like Aboleth. No, we all like them. Well, but well, how well. often do you see them used? When was the last That's time you ran Aboleth in a game? Uh, uh, I ran one. Plume. I ran in, one in, in uh, Storm King's Thunder. Yeah, but Is that- there one in Storm King's? No, or did you just there's throw a, it in? there was a there was a a supplementary like a third party little module about yeah. Yartar and the uh, yeah. and the casino boat. It's like okay. if you happen to go there and it kind of puts you on the track of the Kraken Society early on, so they they don't just drop the Kraken Society in your lap. Cool, cool, cool. And there's an Aboleth in that, and cool, cool, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I bring an Aboleth in every time I do an underwater adventure because of the slime that surrounds them. Yeah. Oh, They're yeah. so much fun. And mm-hmm. and I, I love anything that has layer and regional effects. Mm-hmm. Anything. Mm-hmm. Anything. Uh, unicorns. Another underutilized creature that is like, I'm sorry, but I don't care how good your players are. They are never lawful good all the way all the time. And a unicorn will not stand for anything but. You know, mm-hmm. it's interesting. We should have an episode, I think, that just talks about good aligned creatures. I'm in. Because oh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. we'll bring it back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think those are the ones that people find most difficult to find a spot for, right? Like, uh, how do I how time. do I run a combat? And so 
I, I think that there's a good episode to be had there talking about how to put those in your games and especially into your encounters. Because how many times do we need to have a gold dragon or silver dragon or a unicorn or a Kyrene or something like that just talking to your players? Of mm-hmm. course, that's nice. But at some point, there's a reason that they have a stat block. It's interesting to actually let them be encounters. So, Yeah, yeah because the, uh, uh, an intellect devourer got a hold of one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so good! <laughs> well, I mean, it, I, I've used that, like uh, look at the, the another un, another un, underutilized monster, but in the same vein as like the 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 good the good monster that you used to fight the players with is the Quaddle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. benevolent serpents, right? The Guardian Naga. Is, yeah, exactly. Guardian yeah. Naga is another Guardian, one. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's a good. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah. Yep. So oh, many wow. good ones. Now I just have this. Now I just have it in my head that these gold dragon is totally like going to befriend them at the start of the adventure and then turn them, them halfway through, and it's just going to be awesome. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do it. You just got. You got. My brain is just going right now. Oh your, my your players just need to look for that that flappy hairpiece in the back. The oh, flappy, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh it's going to be so good because it's going to turn piece. into a human. He's going to look like Stan from Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, do we feel oh. like that's enough said for for one episode? Save a few I'm, for next time. Sure. I'm pretty sure we could keep going. But yeah. Oh yeah. Oh I yeah. There's there's so many. We've covered half the monster manual, so at this point, I think <laughs> people we, have no excuse. But yeah, 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 yeah. You, you have pl- you have plenty to try. Yeah. Okay, guys. I feel like uh, we that's run its course at least for tonight. Uh, thank you, Mr. GM Tim, the GM Tim, for uh, thank you so much for letting me play with you. Oh yeah, uh, it's been well, thanks for coming. So much we been delicious. Uh, we've got two really long episodes out of that, which is great. Uh, this one is almost as long as an after dinner drink. So uh, we <laughs> sorry, it's like a hybrid. Episode. It's the first like uh, yeah. that's cool. Sorry? Uh, that's how it works, though. Anytime we get together at a convention, we're going to be talking for a few hours. So today is oh, no different. Oh, yeah. So um, we'll go. Tell, Tim, tell them where they should check you out uh, for those who didn't hear the last episode. Uh, anywhere on the internet, follow at the GM Tim or the GM Tim.ca is the best places. Um, Twitch, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I do streams. I stream uh, Star Trek online every Friday night. It's lots of fun. Nice. Um, I'm playing through all the adventures. That's my goal. And then I'm going to do all the Klingon adventures and then all the Roman adventures. And I just play because it's fun to play. And if you come on and chat yeah. with me, I'll probably end up giggling at stuff you say. Um, I play with my fleet. <laughs> come play with us. Um, if you want to watch me run some d and I've got streams on Norse Foundry. Um, yeah. Love it. That's me. That's awesome. Beautiful. It's awesome. Fantastic. Thanks so much for letting me play with you guys. This oh, was lots yeah. Of fun. This is fun. Like, it lots of fun. I really needed this in this COVID time. And, yeah. and, and I really needed to be able to just nerd out. Um, and so I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, you're welcome hey, back. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We'll put yeah. you on the rotating list. Uh, Sweet. <laughs> so you can check out us, us out at Bite Size Gaming on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can also find each one of us individually on those same platforms and some of us on Twitter. So give us a shout. Tell us about your underrated monsters, which ones you think we've missed, uh, and disagree with us all you want to. That's our favorite part. Um, Please. Yeah. Um, and Just until, not meanly. Yeah, no patience for you that. You know what? I'll even yeah. take the mean. I'll take the mean. Bring it on. You'll take the mean? Oh, yeah. If, if, you're, if, you're, if you're yelling about monsters, I'll take the mean. I'll love it. Um, give you an outlet. <laughs>
Until next week, guys. We'll see you later. Have, have great games. Stay safe Bye. out there, guys. Yeah, stay safe.